Oh, Holy that was... fuck, that was nice. You guys are all listening to the Micro Machines podcast. We are back this week talking about our top three camouflage schemes. But before that, shall we do some introductions? Sounds good. So you got me, Callum, all the way in New Zealand. And I am drinking a Mexican beer, uh, Sol, as indicated by the photo there. And it is really, really, really good. Much better than Corona. Did you put a lime in it? Ew, God, no. I don't have. I don't like fruit salad in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, you try and stick the wedge in, and it just gets lime juice around the around it, and then it's just like, you know, it turns your face inside out when you go and take a sip, and it's just like pure lemon. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, uh. so well, that's what I've got, Garrison. Uh, you've got me, Garrison, here in the middle of North America, Kansas. Uh, Drinking a coffee out of my really cool mug, as seen on the screen. Painting on some figures that you'll see later in my whips. And then you got me, Dennis, here in Ontario. I am drinking a pineapple coconut sparkling water. Very cool, very cool. So, <clears throat> we figured this episode, we'll uh, change that up again, and we'll go through our top t- top three camouflage schemes. This might be a sort of reoccurring theme where, you, where we do top three things or top five, top ten, whatever. We've already done our, was it top five models we want? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we like, I, I, I quite enjoy those sort of episodes. Don't know about you guys, but I like them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's the, uh, let's the audience get a little bit more personal with us. Get into it with us. There's a there's a connection, and it's not the internet, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. God! I Come here, boys. I want Garrison ASMR for Christmas. Oh, I God. do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So who's first? Oh, okay. Oh, I get to start this thing number off. Three. All right, my number three is G-Tie. I think that's how you say it. I don't think you, like, roll your J. Uh, so G-Tie is basically the uh, JSDF's uh, main camouflage. In many ways, it's very similar in, to, uh, what is it, Flecturn? But I find that it has kind of a lighter overall uh, color scheme, you would call it. It's a bit more saturated. It, as you can see in the right photo, it works very well in these kind of desert and arid conditions. And it is really fun to paint on figures because you don't have to be as precise as you do with uh, Fleck Turn. You can just kind of slap dots of paint on whoever you want, and honestly, it'll it'll look the part. That does slap pretty hard, I got to say. Oh, that that photo on the left with the um, are those scars that they're using? No, those Sorry. are no. Uh, that's the uh, that's the Japanese like sort of equivalent. Oh, it's the Hoa type tw- the Hoa type twenty, which that's is right. the yeah. I think it's a was an AR eighteen variant. Yeah, it, it kind of it, it's the bot is the stock that threw me off. It looks yeah. scar. What it, Dennis? Don't know if you know this. What is with the Japanese with their training and collecting rounds? Like, oh, that's not just training. That's not just training, dude. 
Okay, <laughs> they have that, that raises further questions. Um, I, I don't. I honestly have never heard a good answer. I think it was just. I see the guys on motorbikes. They use a lot, and I think that has to do with they just don't want spent rounds. Like, you know, obviously it's not a huge issue, but I guess they just don't want them accumulating on stuff like I don't know, uh, moving parts and stuff like that. I think it's basically just to try and keep spent rounds from going everywhere. Um, but they're the only country I've ever seen that actually does it routinely. It's kind of embracing a stereotype about Japan, isn't it? Being but it does nice look pretty clean. cool, I must say. It does, though. It, that's the thing. It does. So what? So this uh, this camo scheme, like, definitely suits a more deserty, arid um, sort of setting. Not something you'd associate with Japan. I will say it really depends on see i I, i've seen a lot of photos of these being used in you know deep forests in japan it is a camouflage which i think has changed over time there's no one type of gtai the same way that there's kind of like you know there's no one type of multicam it's kind of the same deal i think when this was originally developed it was a lot more it was a lot darker and then after Japan went to uh, Samara in Iraq to help rebuild the city, I think after that point, their camouflage was made considerably lighter. And now because they train in the United States a lot, I think a combination of sun bleaching and just the fact that the colors used are lighter to begin with, that's kind of made it evolve over time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Something uh, to think about, too, is that when this goes for any camouflage pattern, is that. Uh, whenever it, it actually gets used in the environment it was either meant for or in just another environment that's kind of like it was meant for, it's, it's going to blend in. I got to, I had the opportunity to see the Japanese. We did a, a live fire platoon attack with them at Camp Pendleton. And those guys, them coming off the range, they use, I don't know, I've, how do you say this camo again, Dennis? Uh, G-tie. G-tie. They were wearing G-tie. And uh, it looked fucking dope. I was. Did you get flashbacks, Garrison? Uh, I I I was looking at it the other day when you first put it up, and I was like, "Fuck, that looks so familiar." Where is that <laughs> from? And then you just now said it was from the J- Japanese. I was like, "Oh, that's right." Garrison's getting second battle of the Coral Sea vibes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just staring at them at, <laughs> during the exercise, like just the blank stare. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> they- that guy on the right, he's got that's a M two or three. That's a, it, it's that's a, M- a that's a Carl G right Carl there. Gustav. Yeah, is it M two or M three variant? I think it's an M. Garrison, help me out here. M two, uh, bro. I have no idea. Eh, it's a Carl G. It the looks Carl cool. Gustav yeah, came G. into. Yeah, they came into the Marine Corps like four months after I got out, so I never Damn, got to play you, with them. You missed out. You missed yeah, out. My, my buddy sent me a picture of one. I was like, there's no fucking way. He was like, yeah, I get fucked. I was like, Fuck you, dude. You're sitting there going like, should I redeploy? Should it I resign? It 70 years um, to acquire them. Yeah. <laughs> I told like, that thing's been in service since, what, 45? <laughs> dude, like that thing's been like, service like Since the early 50s, late 40s? Like, who, who, who designed it again? It was um, Sweden. Why is it all the neutral countries come out with the coolest stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they just let other countries test it out for them. That's even Pretty got the. Um, that's even got a bipod on it. It does. That goes that's hard. That's probably it too. 
That's I cool. would definitely like it if uh, Tamiya, because they've already made some Japanese uh, figures. I'd like it if they made some updated ones for the Type 20s, because that picture on the left, I would love to replicate it, because they already make the vehicle that's in it. It would be mm. nice if they uh, had the figures to go along with it. Yeah, because their, their figures are all the uh, old uh, Japanese self-defense force, aren't they? But, which are not actually still fairly current, but like as time goes on, it is changing. Question. Does the, yes. Tamiya, does the Tamiya kit supply the ammo catches? No. Oh, that not accurate. Yeah, no. yeah, in, in, incorrect, <laughs> yeah. incorrect. Yeah, yeah, I can't, yep. yeah, can't unsee it. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Alrighty. Next up, that we is... have Garrison. All right. Uh, so my third favorite is uh, it's going to be my number three is going to be Flectarn. I absolutely love the. Uh, of course, this dates back to World War II when Germany had just. I apparently had like a room full of dudes just circle jerking different camo schemes and tossing them out there. Uh, I I just love like the it reminds me a lot of P dot and I I love P dot so seeing it kind of used today in the modern German military and then in other countries like Ukraine, uh, getting it getting to see it seeing yeah fucking words getting to god damn it getting <laughs> to <laughs> see it there, being used in combat is uh, pretty cool. Um. It's a good camouflage, I think, especially, like I mentioned earlier, when it gets uh, kind of dirty and shit. Uh, really, really one of those that just blends in real well. So I uh, love Flectarn. I think uh, I've never painted it, but I'm I'm literally about to. I think it's uh, dark. It'll be the dark green and then the lighter green and then the brown and then the black. So. Yeah, Flectarn's very it's a it's a very busy um camouflage isn't it like but oh it, very busy it does it, it just looks so cool that that main photo with the guy he's, that's he's got more is that just bad photo where it's more red than brown i think it's the or is it like there's a uh, variation that's like got more red in it for like autumn or something or that fall? i'm not sure i would probably guess he's either it, it looks like it's early morning and he's probably sweating a lot already mm. so that and it looks like a pretty clean uniform, so a mixture of all of that and the lighting might enhance that. Because the guys in the back, you can see their theirs do not look nearly as bright, so maybe it's just like a just a lighting like, thing. Yeah, or maybe they contrasted the picture weird or something. I don't know. It's yeah, just, that, I definitely that, understand what you're saying. Yeah, because that's uh, that's definitely a that can't be a completely modern German outfit they got on because they're still carrying a g36 and i'm just looking at the i'm trying to i can see the the shadowy outline of the vehicle in the background i can't figure out That's, what it is uh, it was... i think uh not Ooh. uh puma not no not puma uh, what's um what was the name of that that the luke's yeah is it the luke's mm, not sure yeah i think that picture was from like 2012 I think. Yeah, can't be too modern because the the German army now use the HK416 predominantly, don't they? Yeah. Not the G36, although the G36 that's, looks way better, especially in that, that photo. That just looks awesome. That's a relatively newer adjustment to the, mm. the rifles, which kind of like the the Marine Corps adopted the 
M27 back in like the early 2000s, but it didn't get fully brought into full service for everybody until like 2016, 17, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, now flick flick time's really cool. I like it. Can you imagine doing a vehicle like that? Uh, oh, no, that'd fuck be so that. Cool. <laughs> would I would, a, it would it would look cool but fuck doing it yeah you would, you would be mentally destroyed <laughs> afterwards <laughs> although uh, and, uh, I mean splatter stencils maybe I don't know I'm probably talking out of my ass again um, yeah okay Ooh. so this is my third yeah. round pick I, I think so, I just heard Don I, I think I heard him over here yeah yeah uh, especially with that uh black and white photo in the bottom center. So my uh, third pick is the Mickey Mouse scheme for uh, British vehicles in late war. It is a, so it's not a camouflage scheme for um, hiding in. It's more a disruptive scheme for um, sort of just breaking up outlines of vehicles, making it difficult to spot, range, target, stuff like that. But also it just looks freaking awesome. And if Don was here, that photo of the Canadian spray painting midway through spray painting a Mickey Mouse scheme on a CMP, he would probably like go out of his way to try and replicate. Probably. But yeah, so of course it's called a Mickey Mouse scheme because it's just basic, like it's basically the same as disc camouflage for um, Germans. But instead of being discs all round through the center and all that, they they tend to have the discs on the outside extremities of the vehicle. That way, it breaks up the uh, um, straight angles and stuff like that. Typically, it is only uh, painted with a sort of uh, slate to dark, very dark gray, almost black, and just an olive drab. Or hang on, I've got it uh, right. Here, so uh, typically it is with uh, brown and black, although depends uh, if the ones that came over from America were, of course, an olive drab. So they just painted the discs, uh, the black discs over the um, olive drab, and that kind of just went with it. There are a lot of um, different types of Mickey Mouse um, in their sort of style. These ones are sort of the uh, standard ones, but you do see others where um, you can have like a sort of dark gray and then they have a black outline like a solid black outline to them which looks pretty cool um but yeah it just it makes the vehicle look awesome that's why i like the mickey mouse i'm gonna say this um because it was almost a pick for me but you know how like american shermans were all of drab and they had a black camo for normandy mm-hmm. and, like later on that was almost one of my picks and then i saw you did this one uh, give me the same color scheme, so I said, fuck it. I'm just gonna yeah. hold off. But it just, either the Mickey Mouse like this, or that color scheme with the painted Shermans, just, it just looks so fucking good. Yeah, because I have, I have seen um, examples, like models and stuff, of Mickey Mouse on Fireflies and on Churchills, which looks pretty damn good. Oh, I bet. But yeah, so you got couple of Bedford trucks, CMP. So they're mainly on uh, heavy utility trucks and stuff like that. Uh, Dennis, what are your thoughts? I mean, 
I think it's pretty obvious what my thoughts are going to be on. I think this is <laughs> basically the most attractive World War II camouflage that ever existed. Like, and it's easy to make too. You can freehand this stuff if you if you really want, you know. Mm. Or um, I was talking with Nick, uh, the scale armorer. Yep. Last night about it, and he suggested shout out, Nick. Yep, shout out Nick. Um, he suggested you know going to like any sort of stationery um, store and. You know, the, you know, sticker uh, teachers always got those small, round, uh, colored stickers. Oh yeah, yeah. Those oh. dots. Just buying those because they're like two dollars a sheet or something, and using those that to um, form so it. So much sense. That's yeah. smart. And instead of getting a vinyl mask, just go to your stationery store and buy, pick up like uber cheap colored dots and using those. So that was a good idea by him. Although big he, thinking. Big yeah. thinking. Big brain, Nick. <clears throat> My man's just cooking. He's using all 20 of our shared brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mickey Mouse. I love it. Great camo. Good shit. Big fan. Oh, crap. Uh, oh, okay. My turn. Um, mm. all right, my next th- selection is uh, rare multicam. Mm. Um, yeah. I got admit, I am I am not a fan of the original one that they came out with or the uh, scorpion camo it was developed into, but the off-brand stuff, delicious, absolutely, absolutely, just sparkling looking. So on the uh, left here, you got Multicam Tropic, which is uh, very saturated and is heavy on the greens. Then you've Lovely. got Multicam Alpine, which is kind of their winter winter camo, and then you've got Multicam Arid. Which I think it just full illustrates how well it works. Yeah, I I think it's awesome. Yeah. What? Uh, how many countries use this? Um, <laughs> they'll be like all of them, pretty much. <laughs> You're just I, a I general multicam guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! What a what a cool camouflage pattern. Yeah. Uh, only when you use only when you use the right colors. Yeah, you don't want to be like say Australians with their Auscam. Uh, Ozcam is offensive. That's just yeah. wrong. Yeah, Ozcam is I like... I think that shit looks good. Yeah, yeah. Well, not... look... We weren't yeah. asking for your opinion, Garrison. We were asking yeah. for fact. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you got it anyways, Buster. See, <laughs> so, Ozcam on Abrams looks good. Yeah, that's when good. When it's though. like scaled, scaled up, yeah, the colors work. On a uniform, new. No. No, I'm, new. They, I'm glad they're like, changing. Uh... It's kind of like the whole Flectarn. Like, it looks good on a uniform, but I don't think it would be great in that scale on a tank. It would be just too much. Yeah. I will say that that uh, the Snow one is annoying me just because he's wearing woodland, like, uniform. It yeah, kind of gives, it... gives me that sort of uh, U.S. Marine fuckery of being <laughs> out in the desert but wearing woodland stuff because reasons. <laughs> Um, Marine Corps, Ura. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Happy Corps Day, everyone. <laughs> it, we are beyond that, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> okay, out of the three, what are your guys' uh, preference? Woodland, arid, or snow? Woodland. I, I, I'm big uh, on the tropic. You, I, I'm, I'm rolling with the tropic boys. Uh. I kind of like the arid. I, I like Arid's pretty colors. cool. Arid's good. Snow. I don't know. Snow camels are difficult. Snow cam multicams are difficult to look good. I think sometimes. That's fair. 
I don't know. It's like you're trying to. Uh, I think you're biased because you don't like the snow. Yeah, you've never well, experienced that, snow in your life because well. you live in New Zealand. I mean, we have snow in certain areas. Yeah, the, 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 the if mountains. you climb up a mountain, if you climb a mountain far enough, yeah. So, how difficult would this be to paint? You reckon on a figure? Well, Garrison did an amazing job with it. Well, thank you. I'm. I have one, two, three, four figures right now that are fully multicammed up. So, and you'll see those later on. It's actually. I was telling Callum. It's actually really. Once you break it down. Because it looks very intimidating, but once you break it down, it's not hard. It's actually really relaxing, and it might be one of my favorite camo patterns to paint. Even though I absolutely like growing up, I hated multicam. I just I because everyone and their mom uses it, and it like to me it like back in the day it was like oh only SF uses it, and like everyone wanted to be SF, and it was like super cringe. So for me, that's like my first impression of multicam but now that you know we're getting to see it a lot in large-scale conflict <laughs> ukraine it's a bit more attractive <laughs> it's it's a bit more attractive and it, it to my eyes now so being able to paint it uh and it looked decent very happy about it and it's uh yeah good stuff yeah we we, we roll with the multicam <laughs> Alrighty, garrison Oh, fuck. All right. Oh, shut the fuck up. That was rude. <laughs> How dare you? All right. So this is the uh, M81 Woodland. Um, ever since I was a wee lad, I have loved, loved Woodland camo. Okay. Now, I will, I will say this. It was almost ruined for me. Okay. Would you like to know how? Being in the Marine Corps? No, actually. <laughs> That's, uh, Marpat was ruined for me there. There we go. <laughs> uh, Who ever liked that in this first place? Oh, I, I, I hate Marpat. <laughs> Fucking hate that shit. <laughs> uh, so, for me, so you, you know how, like, people will wear, like, off-brand M81 t-shirts or, like, oh, yoga we pants. Oh, sink or something? No, just, like, it's, like, it's not the right consistency. And it's like the colors are off, and they turn it into like yoga pants or a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> and it's just like you go to Walmart and you got some fucking three hundred and fifty pound, five foot three, fucking job of the hut over here waddling against her cart, breaking it, and she's wearing these two small <laughs> yoga pants that are my precious. Into a Patreon episode. That are my precious M eighty one, and it's like, goddamn, bitch. You would think no one would see all that fat with that camo, but we can see it. <laughs> <laughs> the one-time camo uh, don't work. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but no, it's I love M81. It's super easy to paint also. It's also very relaxing. The uh, figures are on the right, or some I did recently. Uh, my favorite use of M81 would have to be uh, when the U.S. invaded Panama. You got, a, you got a lot of really great combat pictures of that. Oh yeah, just and then, because. Yes, just because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there on the in the center is uh, kind of a modern take on M81. I know the Marine Corps Marshawk Raiders use M81, and it looks fucking tits. Way better than multicam when it's put to modern use, in my opinion. Uh, 
You know, he's got the frog top, the BDU pants. It looks fucking tits. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. And if you go to the next slide, Mr. D-Man, uh, this is how to paint it. So left to right, you kind of see you put down a, a layer of kind of a medium green. Then you put, like, a, I use German camo brown. And then you put, uh, I used Iraqi sand and then black. And then uh, the khaki was used for the shoulder pads and then just give it a wash. And it's it's pretty fucking straightforward once you do it. That does look amazing. Yeah, those, those look pretty cool. Um, so that was, um, so Panama, that was like Gren- Grenada as well? Did they use that? Is that yes. This? Panama and Grenada, that's, a, that's different, isn't it? Those different things. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, American I'm wars just get sure. so like so mixed there's up. So many of them. Yeah, it's just like you you you've seen one, you've seen them all, and you they just blend into one. <laughs> you boring, know. boring. I need subway surfers in the uh, bottom right corner of my board. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, you line up a bunch of different American veterans, and you're like, oh, what war were you a part of? And each one of them will probably have a different answer. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll all have a different one. Um, <laughs> I, I will I will say though, uh, like nineteen. 19- I want to say 1980s to 1990s uh, U.S. Army looked pretty good, and then oh, it kind of went vibe. Then it went downhill. Um, yeah, like, like the, the grenade, the Grenada, and the Panama, like that sort of style. Like if you go back, back to the last, back one slide. Oh, the scrim. You know what this? It's the scrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like. Like that look where they got the those because those are M sixteen are those they're still the A ones aren't they? Those Just are A twos. A twos, yeah. But like yeah. that's that's that sort of look they got there. That's like that's peak American Army, and then it just went down. You know yeah. what I think? My theory is that we specifically like it so much because it's the most HIDF it ever looked. That as well, probably. Think, like think about it; it just stands to reason. You got to think about it too, like coming from my mind, an infantryman's perspective, that time period to be an infantryman then would have been like peak fucking like all state varsity right there comparing to like high school. Like that was no extra plate, no plate carrier, no extra bullshit. Just you, your M81, your A2 or three, your fucking scrim helmet and your day pack. That's it, baby. And, and one seven six two, one seven six two round with your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that. Uh, Sam, I, w- I will say I've seen like um, you know on YouTube Major Sam, the guy who does like oh, all that, that's sm- his stuff is so good. Yeah, have, have you seen his video on um, the Grenada and I invasion? I I've, seen, I've seen the Forger, which was very similar. I bet. Yeah that that one. Yeah, that I was, that one's really cool. That that's a good video. That one's worth watching. That one's good for reference as well. That I sort go of... to Major Sam for the for the references, and I stay for the music. Oh yeah, have you seen the the Yugoslavia uh, People's of, Militia of, one? Of course, of oh, course. That, the, uh, right that, at the start when the uh, beat drops, that that's so good. That's when you know you're gonna have a good time. That that <laughs> <sense of> music <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, yeah. So that those videos of like. Yeah, the Panama, the Grenada, and all that—the ones that he did—they're very good for um, seeing peak U.S. military look style. Yeah, 
there were also those videos that I know Dennis sent me them a while back. It was like the U.S. Army training in Europe, and they've got like the Bradley Rowland fucking. Oh, um, uh, oh, that's what's that training called? Operation. Reforger. Yeah, that's the one. Reforger. Yeah, but there yeah, was one got before that, that. Techno music going and shit. Like, oh. Yeah, there was one. There was one before that. There was like Lion something. Oh, Operation the... Lionheart. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah that was just Reforger without the Reforger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, those those are cool as well. We need more. We need more of that kind of those kind of dioramas, like um, West Germany, like in the eighties, like near the collapse of the wall. That would be so cool. I want to do because Tamiya's got that uh, U.S. infantryman set with uh, like the I think it's the late eighties. I think it is. Oh yeah 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 another one. Yep. Yeah, I want to get those. Set. I want to get those and do a uh, Panama vignette that'll be cool that'll be cool yeah <laughs> already tell him what do you All right. for us this is my number two pick this is a uh, tiger stripe but specifically this is the u.s adoption in vietnam for mainly um special operations so this one so tiger stripe is like generally tiger tiger fuck tiger stripe yeah <laughs> you got it you got it I need some more fresh air. But you can do it. So this isn't specific to this style. It's it's used all over, usually in very bush heavy jungle um heavy <laughs> sort of things. Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, Viet- so Viet so Vietnam used it. Uh, originally it was uh, supplied to the Arvin, which is the uh South Vietnamese soldiers. Eventually it got adopted by Mac V Z- uh, Sog and you know, all of those sort of Ultra the cool special forces. Yeah, like have you seen like have you seen photos of like those soldiers where they got like the Navy SEALs? They have they use tiger stripe and then they had blue Levi jeans on walking through oh the jungle. That that is, is, yeah, Dutch police method. That's like the ultimate don't give a fuck. They're there for style. Carrying around a stoner sixty three as well. Oof. With a fucking joint in their mouth. Yep chilling can we have those can we can someone release those figures those are cool um but yeah specifically this one this is more of a because uh, you've got uh the rhodesian one which has got a bit of red incorporated for their sort of bushland and stuff like that but i prefer this one's my favorite one so it's just purely green black and white uh i want to try and replicate this for a the uh the ural 43 Two zero that I'm doing for the Musuru Cup. I want to try and replicate this Ooh. game to chuck on a on a uh, truck because that this this game I think would look really cool on a vehicle. It'd be a Absolutely. it'd be interesting to try and paint. I'm still like I haven't even attempted it because I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. It's but, very similar to the way I painted those HIDF figures, except I think you would need an extra step for the big blotches. Yeah, I'm kind like I'm kind of thinking using um, ripped up masking tape because to give it the sort of jagged edges around it. But uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm still I'm I'm doing a lot of testing on that right now. But yeah, this this camo looks awesome as fuck. I love it. Okay, and my number one is relish. Uh, they say that every cheap. Uh, what was every masterpiece has its cheap imitation <coughs> Marpat. Um this <laughs> interestingly was the first digital camouflage ever made so uh 
massive Canadian W. Um, I, I like it just because it looks exactly what you would think a camo looks like. And when you see it inside the forest, like you cannot beat this, in my opinion, in terms of concealment. It, it yeah, just, but it in the snow, good. it looking, it's sticking out like a set of dog's bollocks. But, well, it, um... uh, notice on the back, because they do make a white version of it. Which, which kind of <laughs> bro, surprised me. I didn't that, realize that's that. A, that's a fucking pack cover, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, but, uh, they aren't Canadians. When it's snow, they just bury themselves and do the worm through the snow. I mean, that's the amount of transport. I, I, I can't attest to this being the case, yes. Well, your Prius almost did it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On more than one occasion, I assure you. <laughs> In fact, it has a propensity to do that. It's it's trying to, it's trying to uh, rescind its Japanese citizenship. I mean, when you've got so much snow, you're sitting there going, am I on the road anymore? I think you have a problem. Oh god! Oh no! <laughs> you make. I still have actual like. I, I feel like I have flashbacks sometimes <laughs> to when I got caught on that illegal snowmobile track and I had to rev the engine all the way through like three kilometers of two foot deep snow. <laughs> I still don't yep. know how I survived that. <laughs> Did Jeez, I tell bro. you guys? Uh, there was a guy at my work who uh, he was on a snow shift one day in a snowplow truck and he was driving kind of on the outskirts of town, and it was snowing so hard. And he had like a line of cars behind him and he got off the road so far that the speed limit sign was like 10 feet to his left. He was Oh it. no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh shit. And he had all these people behind him too. <laughs> no, no. Oh God. Uh, you you reckon they'd notice the sharp left or right turn back onto the the uh, road? <laughs> oh no! I'd be like, hey, <laughs> Something here is off. I can feel it. It's like, it's like wait what? a second. Why why am I turning <laughs> on a straight? <laughs> oh. uh, so when when you yeah. say this is the first digital, it is quite literally the first digital camouflage that was ever like adopted. When, like, when ev- was that? Everything else is based off of this. And when did the Canadians uh, adopt it? Oh, that was back in the 90s. I forget what what year. Damn! But... Oh, yeah. I didn't know digital was around that long. Although it does look like a computer from back then. So, you know, computer screen from sense. back in the 90s. So that's... that's one of the things I like about it. Like, you can see other camos, but this one is just timeless to me. It always looks good. Retro as you know fuck. It it's... It's the right shade of green. That's what it is. It's green, not tan. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Nah, nah. I think. Um, so, what is it? CAD pat. Is that what you call it? Yeah. It, it's even got the word CAD in it. So, yeah. Exactly. How could you not love it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it. I'm a convert. I like it. And I did. And I did tell Nick this. I don't. I'm not a fan of digital camos, but I'm. I like that one. That that one in particular, maybe because it was so, it was, it's very classic. Yeah, and it's not gray. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't blend in with Grandma's couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Garrison, you're number one. All right, uh, I'm basic. I'm a sucker for fucking woodland three tone and Murdsy. I just nerd. <laughs> it just looks so good, especially when you add like foliage and like all that other shit you throw on top of it to conceal it better. It just oh, yeah. it blends in so fucking well. Like there's a reason NATO uses it, right? Like it's just so nice. Uh, I will say, like Abrams Bradleys look way better than in Cark Tan. 
Oh yeah. No. What? <laughs> no, I Excuse said it looks. You? What did you no, no, say? No. I said it looks way better in this than than in Cark Ten. Oh, oh, bro! I, I okay. was about to go okay. off. <laughs> oh, I thought we had Ezra rejoining the podcast. For I, a I did too. <laughs> it was terrifying. God, I just had a heart attack. Yeah. My blood pressure went up. Come <laughs> on, you can't just do that to us, man. That's not fair. You just don't do that. Come uh, on, man, read the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that am- the uh, Humvee ambulance is, uh, looks cool. It does. And again, Don hears the word ambulance. He's like, what? what? Where? I have been called. Yeah, Are you guys exercising it. podcast safety? <laughs> <laughs> that Never. shit just looks so tight, bro. Like, fucking Mercy. Like, like multicam, there's all sorts of type of Mercy. You got the winter, the autumn, the spring, the summer, like, the fucking urban. This shit's just, take your pick, take, pick your poison, baby. It, it, it's there. We're ready for you. It's almost like the three-tone was made for leopards. Like, leopards and three-tone look awesome. I think they look so fucking hot. Button? I, I think to a certain extent it was made for leopards, actually. Actually, yeah, Dennis is kind of right, if you really think about it. Well, they were, like, were they like the first ones to sort of adopt it, or? Yeah, I think so. Like, at what point did the Americans finally stop just painting everything OD? Uh, I think I have no. after Vietnam, or during Vietnam, I think, we switched to treat the, the three-tone towards the end, and then it really ramped up during, like, the fucking late 70s, early 80s, I think. Probably because mm-hmm. they started doing, like, combined warfare training with other countries, and they're looking around going, everyone else looks cool. <laughs> we need to do that. Probably. <laughs> and at least this camera is actually pretty easy to paint as well. That's true, oh, yeah. yeah. Very simple to paint. Looks good. Easy to weather. Like, it's just, I love it. Very nice. It's like the the great default camo, in my opinion. Kind kind of is really when you think about tank camos. That's the first one that comes to your mind. All right, All right Cal, this is my number my number one scheme, the Quanta scheme. So, uh, for people who don't know what Quanta is, it is a very very early British World War Two desert camo. It is it is again a disruptive camouflage. It turns out um, it didn't work at all. It was actually really shite. Um, they, they, it was standard from 1940 to early 1941. But it was, it was the whole point of it is it's all made up of straight and angled lines and sharp corners. And again, disruptive camo is supposed to disrupt the outline and you know make it harder to target from tanks, artillery, stuff like that. You can't figure out where the distance is. Um, but no, it didn't really work. So eventually they started switching over to other schemes and as standard, uh, mainly just going with just straight desert, desert color. But for a time, Quanta scheme was the, uh, the standard and it looks incredible is made up of four colors. So you have uh, silver, gray, light stone, slate, and Portland stone. That is the, uh, names, uh, 
there's one thing that people get wrong with Quanta, and that is based off that bloody Matilda 2 in the Australian bloody uh, museum, where it's got the bright blue on it. Have you guys, you guys seen that? Have seen that? Oh, yep. oh, I've seen it. Yeah, to me, it based yeah. Matilda off that. Yeah, it is wrong completely. Quanta uh, never had blue in it. What uh, you, what was thought was you see at the top left photo you got the um, it's a Bedford I think isn't it? No, it's not a CMP. It's not doesn't look short enough. Yeah, I think it's Bedford. Anyway, you can see the sort of what's starting to look like blue. That is actually yep. the slate. That is actually the uh, slate color. Uh, the slate would actually fade and it would have a slight bluish tinge to it. Also, just off bad um, photo colorizations from people. Um, you know, it was just kind of like people thought, oh, th- it, it's, it's got this blue in it to help with like the blue skyline or anything. No, Quanta never had blue in it at all. It looks almost like a, like a fucking early war German gray. Yeah. But it's it's technically called slate, and it's just a darker gray. But I've got a few examples here on different vehicles because, of course, they painted on tanks, which means the tanks automatically look awesome. And by the rule of cool, they automatically win any engagement. <laughs> I reckon that's that's how wars should be fought now. It it's should not be tactical, absolutely not tactical or anything. It is rule of cool. If you look better than the other side, you win hands down. No fighting. Oh yep. god, no! Because then it's going to be a one-to-one IPMS fucking contest. Oh no! Oh, and they're going to come out with the rivet counters. <laughs> You're going to get some asshole coming out with a fucking front loader, and he's going to pick up a tank with it, and that's going to be the next IPMS scandal. <laughs> no, but so we've got a uh, camouflage um, scheme for the uh, Stuart or Honey, because this is a British, a light tank mark. Uh, VI-6 and a A9 cruiser all showing just exactly how the uh, it kind of look it's like random-ish but all Quanta has a sort of a um, a standard where it all meets up into this one point in the back of the vehicle which I think looks pretty awesome and yeah basically you, you how you do this is um it's, to, it's to designed so any f- sharp flat surfaces would have a break in, t- in it, and then that way it was supposed to make it more difficult to sight in or like identify at distance. Yeah, as I said, it never worked at all. Uh, I will say though, if you want to learn how to paint um, Quanta, I did find on YouTube, there was one guy who did a really good tutorial. He did it in 56th scale and he ha- he um, brush painted it, mm. but he okay. did a, he did such a good job. It's um, Sonic Sledgehammer Studio. He painted it and uh, weathered it and it looks amazing. And he, he freehanded it as well, which is uh, wow. even better. Yeah. He didn't even freehanding all those flat, flat edges. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's a madman right there. But so this is how I am going to paint my CMP truck for my North Africa uh, diorama as well. That'll be so cool to see. It's, Hell yeah! I have I have no idea how I'm going to mask it all or anything like that. But I'm learning. I'm trying to trying to figure it out. But yeah, Quanta scheme. I, it just looks awesome. And I'm yeah, a big I'll, fan. I'll of, agree. And I'm a big fan of rule of cool. 
But yeah, so that is my number one pick. I'd say that's a pretty damn good pick. Like even on trucks, it looks pretty awesome. Like the uh, bottom left one. That's see, that's what the uh, that's what the slate is supposed to look like. That the uh, dark gray. That right. is that's what slate is supposed to look like. And yeah. So yeah, no, there's no blue in corner. Tamiya got it wrong. Sorry, Dennis, but they got oh, it wrong. That's okay. I'm willing to admit that. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, that was based off that one Australian Matilda 2 as well, which is, yeah. As Airfix have found, using one reference reference subject or photo is not a good idea. And for a Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I, I was listening to the Just Making Conversation podcast when they were interviewing a couple guys from Airfix, and they did bring that up. And when you listen to it, it's like they they only used that one photo, and it's like they even they they're like, yeah, we admit it. It went through about five, a dozen people. No one picked that up. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Although, what they did is the they uh, fixed it and re released it with the new update. Um, that means that all the all the kits that they originally released with that defect in it will now be worth a lot more money now. That's they just true, like yeah. they just inflated the price. Honestly, that, that, that seems like typical Airfix behavior. Yeah. Well, that, that's because they keep everything like super secret scroll when it comes to new releases. So if they do make a mistake, they don't know about it until it is released. And they don't, so, they don't actually release the kit until a year after they've announced it. That as well. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Fairy Gannett. <laughs> well, yeah, they announced that a long time ago, but it hasn't. Like, can, you can't buy it yet, can you? You know what the worst one is? The ferret. Because I have had so many customers asking me, Where, when's my ferret coming? When's my ferret coming? But no, I can't tell them anything because I have no idea. Airfix just strip refuses to ship to North America. Really? Yeah. We, we've been waiting on that for close to a year now. Jesus. Is that just like some sort of like payback for Boston Tea Party or something? No, no, straight up, Airfix is not <laughs> shipping us what they've, what we've been buying. That is so they're weird. Pulling, uh, they're giving us the New Zealand experience. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, honestly. Welcome to my world. So yeah. that means that the ME four one zero that they announced at Telford probably won't be seen for a long time. Then, sadly, which honestly is sad because I kind of like it. It looks neat. I kind of liked as well. What I do like about that release is um, they give you the night fighter version or the version with the fifty the fifty millimeter cannon on it. Yeah, the fifty is going to be really neat. Yeah, that well, the minute I heard that, it's like okay, yeah, I will buy it for just to have a fifty fifty millimeter cannon on a fucking four one zero. But yeah, that is my last pick. If we go to the next slide, there's an intermission. Intermission. All right. So we'll be back with uh, model news, uh, whips, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, we'll be back in a sec. Okay. So up first on model news, we have been asked to uh, mention the Model Fiesta 24. This is the uh, IPMS San Antonio Model Fiesta held on uh, February 10th at the new Bronfeld Civic uh, Convention Center. Do you guys ever get deja vu? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
yeah, this is the uh, IPMA IPMS USA Region Six contest. Uh, yeah, we have on the slides all the uh, sort of schedule and update and stuff like that. If you go to the next slide, please. Uh, a few useful things to know: uh, the theme under the Union Jack, all things British. So their theme for 2024 is, um, yeah, the British. I don't know. That Boo. seems weird for an American. Yeah, that, that's model a show. character. Yeah, especially Texas, because they're a bunch of like, like super prideful America, brother. Yeah, it seems weird. But yeah, theme all things British. Model Fiesta 2024. You guys go check it out if you're around that area, or if you're within a drive, a suitable driving distance. You Americans drive obscene distances to get to places. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, Model Fiesta 2024 have been asked to talk about it. And there you go. Ooh, Rally rally Beetle. <laughs> Where do I put the 50 on it? <laughs> <laughs> right, so Ryfield Models, they are bringing out in 35th a Volkswagen Type 87 with full interior. This is basically a uh, weaponized Volkswagen Beetle with some very heavy off-road duty type tires. That actually looks it actually kind of suits it. I would get this kit just to turn it into a sort of June buggy. Yep. Yeah. But full interior, 35th would look great in a diorama. Yes, it would. Up next. Oh, yes. Oh, God. From Eddard, this yeah. is a, I think this is a uh, Rebox or like new decals. Uh, this is an X1 Mac Buster. I think, didn't this have a different uh, nickname to it? I can't remember. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Nah, I'm blanking. But of course, this, this is the rocket made by Bell to, uh, this is the first, first one to go past speed of sound. Dennis, yep. am I right? Yep, yeah, that's correct. Yep. So this was launched from a B. It was launched from a B twenty nine, wasn't it? Yes. Mod, modified B twenty nine in nineteen forty. Why does nineteen forty eight come to mind? I think it was forty eight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, nineteen forty eight. Yeah, nineteen forty eight launched from a um, Super Fortress B twenty nine. The next one, Mark Buster. Uh, of course, Eddard is bringing this one out with a new boxing. It's in 48 scale, and it is a cool-looking... Can you call it an aircraft? It's like Lighter. a... Well, I mean, it's, it's basically just a fucking ramjet strapped with a pilot strapped to it. Is it even an aircraft at that point? The damn Japs still have influence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very cool if you like that sort of niche stuff. I know Dennis would. Oh, I, I, I want to build this so badly. Also, it'd be easy to paint because it's just one color. Yeah, but you don't paint things with the one color they're supposed to. Yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could, you'd probably turn this Japanese, wouldn't you? Well, after putting aim on twenties, yes. How is that even a question, bro? Of course. <laughs> Very true. Come on, Calum. It's me we're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, and this is also Profi Profi Pack Edition. I don't know what that means. I think that basically means window masks and photo watch. Oh, so like stuff that should be included anyway. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going beyond bare minimum. 
Shots fired. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> that that ought to roll someone up. Okay, what's next? Ooh. I saw this one just for Dennis. We've had a lot of Dennis-centric releases. I, I, Unfortunately, I, I, you went around last last week for um, <laughs> the uh, suicide jet rocket thing. I have scolded you. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so from Pit Road, I've never heard of this company before. They're a, a Japanese company. They do a lot of subjects, actually. They're a lot of Japanese subjects. Hence why you've heard of them. Of um, course. So they are bringing, up the, bringing out an IGN aircraft carrier, the Shioda? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this will be this will come out in two editions. You have the uh, bog standard, and then you they will be releasing one that has a pre pre painted flight deck. Oh, so, okay, okay. Which that could be a good two, or bad thing. I'm in two minds. It's kind of like I'd say you'd still paint it. You'd just use it as a sort of a, a mask or an outline. You know, yep. just refine the colors a little bit. But I will say this is actually a quite attractive aircraft carrier. It, it is weird because it does not have an island in the center. Uh, yeah, it's safer. Like this was definitely a um, this was definitely a conversion from say a cruiser, wasn't it? Yeah, it's got that vibe. But this yeah. is cool looking. Oh yeah, it's cool looking. Cool looking boats and one seven hundreds. Great box art. Yeah, I'd buy it and. Next. Something for you now. Mate, if Don if Don ever watched this oh, he would, God. We, would, we would hear it from I would hear it from here. I'd um, be in the smash zone. Oh yeah. Things would get sticky in Toronto. From <laughs> <laughs> From Thunder Model in thirty fifth scale, we have a long range desert group F thirty patrol track, which is a CMP converted into a long range desert group service. They have a great box art of the CMP. It has the roof cut off. It has a Lewis gun attached to it, and it's got a quanta scheme with the wrong color gray on it. Uh, they also, they're also bringing out a limited bonus edition boxing, which will include 3D printed air vent intakes and curved hook and 3D printed weapon set driver, and as well as driver and co-driver resin figures. Oh! Which you can see in the bottom right. Actually look pretty, they look pretty damn good. So... Um, so this is a CMP heavily modified for desert conditions. So you can see that does not it doesn't have a an engine cover at all. So you can see the bare engine, which is, I mean, what what you can see of a CMP engine, which is you know next to nothing, mainly because it's sitting on the driver's lap. Um, but now, yeah, decking this out as um, long range desert group, this is a cool kit. And if when uh, when Don sees it, he will definitely buy it. You reckon? You will. Yeah, I mean he's willing to buy mirror models, so you know anything could be better than that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean even I'd draw. I'd, I even I'd get this one. It looks great. Up next, Ugh. we have a lot of coming. <laughs> we have a lot coming from AZ model. A lot of BF one hundred nines. These are very uh, early versions, so they have six releases but they're mainly uh decals 
they're all different decal sets and schemes. But we have two BF109T2s. I'm not sure what the difference is between a T2 because it looks very much like an E variant. We have a BF109S, well, two BF109Ss, one in Europe and one in North Africa uh, scheme. A BF109S is a dual seat BF109 with an extended canopy. And, of course, we have a BF109V13 or 14, the uh, V series being the prototypes before they started using them in military and stuff like that. And this comes with a very cool air racer uh, scheme and bright red is uh, fairly neat. And lastly, a BF109E-0, which is the very first of the Emil series of the BF109. So if you are into 109s, um, you should look these up. I don't know how good AZ model is, but yeah. The box arts are cool. I'll give them that. They look pretty good. They look nifty. I think my favorite box art is uh, 109S, top center. See, I like the 109S bottom center with the uh, North Africa. But oh, of course you do. It's they North all Africa. suck. They're all awful. They're all these loser planes. Oh, God. Cope. See? Cope. <laughs> Touch grass. Mauled. <laughs> Take another drink. <laughs> no bitches. Okay, next. Up next. Ooh, now this is a man's plane. <laughs> so from KP Model. What the fuck? <laughs> KP Model bring out a lot of weird things, and that's why I like them. We have three Avia BH-10s, which are some little weird um, Czechoslovakian low monowing open cockpit P-26 P-shooter wannabe type looking things. We have three boxings. We have uh, standard with a that comes with a light blue um camo scheme we have a special markings which is uh just with large numbers and we have a military one with uh, military markings and a very cool um multi-cam color scheme actually the czechoslovakian uh military schemes are pretty neat i'll give them that but from kp how good are kp models i've got a couple on the stash i mean they're i don't know they're they're okay they're buildable they're buildable. You only it, buy them because they're the only model that exists of a certain subject in plastic. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be cool to do this up in like HIDF scheme, like a little recon plane with like a camera on the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. I've actually got. We've got two. Yeah, I've got two KP models actually. It'd be kind of cool to put this on a runway next to like a fucking F sixteen HIDF scheme. There you go. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. It is a. I I kind of like the plane. I kind of. I think it looks neat. It's cute. I like it's, it. Yeah. It is cute. It's very cute. I think cute's a really good word, like yeah. word for it, especially with the exposed engine. Yeah. That'd be. Oh, that's that's bold. Yeah. It's like oh, look at that little guy. That'd be pretty cool to like try and detail with some lead wires and stuff. Yeah, there's no excuse not to at that point. Yeah. All right, what's next? We got another More KP. KP models. More KP. So this is a uh, reboxing, unfortunately, of an Aero AE145. This is a uh, dual-engine, twin-seat airliner. Well, sort of airline, personal transport, military use, you know, sort of all-round um, versatile utility aircraft. I just I put it on here because I kind of think it looks cool. Uh, we have uh, special markings, standard, super aero part one and part two, military. Yeah. 
it's just more of that sort of the weird weird sort of lesser known aircraft basically if if there's an aircraft called dumbo this would be it <laughs> i mean the nose of it it just looks it looks like it's got a like a blonk nose yeah it's kind of goofy looking it's cute like it, yeah. it look, definitely looks like retro 50s it's de- it's got that style hasn't it that the, the retro that's yeah. why i like it it's got I think it's the engines as well. The the engines have that like sort of narrow narrow look to a say a thirties aircraft. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. If I saw one and it was like dirt cheap, I'd probably get one. Again, Horizon Island. This oh, would make a yeah. great Horizon Island. Horizon Island's tank buster. <laughs> Heck yeah. Alright, what's next? Border model with their new uh what is it, the uh a7? Yep. How did you not know uh, that? Uh, question. Does it come with the foliage on the box art? My question is, look at the Bayrick tar on the top. <laughs> the what? what? What does this imply? Why is there a T-72 behind it? <laughs> what is going on here? Ukrainian captured. Don't worry. What? But I don't understand. It's got Balkenkreuz. <laughs> and German warning stripes. What? What is going on? You what might need to explain this water model living in. You, you might need to explain this for the viewers. You know Dennis? what? I'm, a, I'm assigning Garrison to do this. He's the only guy I would trust to explain this. Okay, so uh, using my my special powers in the year 2025, when Germany is in in the steeps of Ukraine once again, uh, properly utilizing the leopard for its you know purpose and use. Uh, combined arms with other tanks, not just by themselves. <laughs> Stop that, Ukraine. Uh, this is just a screenshot of 2025 spring counteroffensive number four. <laughs> nah, it doesn't. It does look like it's going to be a good kit, though. I mean, it's border. Yeah, it's. I. I want it. I. I love it's. <sighs> I mean, the A7 is probably one of the few modern tanks I would build, just because it looks pretty good. Especially with that foliage on the front, I would definitely build it as that. Oh, dude, I, I saw uh, <clears throat> I was looking at a YouTube video today talking about like the structure of uh, Poland's military, like armored armored brigades and stuff. And there was footage of them training, and they had a leopard uh, with this really interesting snow pattern. Uh, it was literally like. If you would have made it in a model and posted it on the Discord or anywhere in, in the modeling community, you would get so much shit from it because of how, quote, unrealistic it looks. I'll go get a screenshot of it and send it. It's fucking... I, I want to get a that, yeah. it. Hey, Dennis, I just realized something. What? Well, you say there's a T-72 in the background, right? Mm-hmm. There's but a that, that would imply that this is in Ukraine, right? I suppose. Or or Poland. But then you've got a leopard there working with the T-72 that has German marking. So is this a possible Article 5? This is what I'm talking about. What is going on here? This doesn't make <laughs> this, this, is, this is what happens when uh, Russia fucks around and finds out. I, I suppose so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, yeah, those... The, the red and, the red and uh, white... Mud flap things. It's what gives it away because only Germany has those, and the the Iron Cross on the side of the turret as well. Yep. Here we are. But yeah, 
Border models 35th Leopard to A7. Cool. Mm. Yeah. What's next? Uh, this this is from uh, I Love Kit. They are bringing out next year in 2024. They're releasing an M a, uh, what is it M48. This is yes. just a standard M48. Their last two releases were an M48A1 and an M48A5 MBT. Uh, but next year they will be releasing just a bog standard M48, uh, which is based on the other the other two kits. It's just going to have new parts to make it just a standard M48. And if I ever see it, I want to get it because the M48 is a cool looking tank. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, definitely HIDF that shit up. Not gonna lie. Uh, I don't know a Fway City one. I wouldn't mind building. Okay, that that would actually be pretty good. Just I've seen like footage. I think it was either an M48 or an M60 that just face tanked a bloody RPG round right into the like literally right in the front, and all it is is a scorch mark left on the front. That looks, <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> but um, I actually heard a story about tankers in Hawaii. When was it Hawaii or like in you. in the but in towns and cities and stuff like that, where they had an ROE and they weren't allowed to like destroy buildings without like confirmation and permission and all that bollocks. And they were, they had this one. There was this tank crew, and they were saying they were aiming at this one building, and this one North Vietnamese soldier kept popping out with an RPG and shooting at them wasn't doing much to them he was a bad shot but they were getting a bit annoyed by him and they were just literally waiting and waiting and waiting to get confirmation and it, and he said um i think it was the the loader said that the minute the co- the commander got the um got permission to fire he didn't even f- he didn't even finish saying the word fire but by the time the gunner had put a high explosive round into the building <laughs> they were just that mad. He only got about halfway through saying fire when the round was already gone. <laughs> nice. I will say I've just found one little issue with this box art. One what? little issue that might make things a little bit difficult for the tank. Have a look at the muzzle brake and tell me what's wrong. Oh, ah, yeah, that's a that, would, that would be a problem. Yeah, that, um, it's got no... It's got nowhere for the round to go out of. <laughs> well, you see, Cal, this is this is the brand new version where the round impacts and then it goes out the sides. So you go to a <laughs> T intersection and you can hit both sides. <laughs> Flawless logic. Uh, that's a little bit of a fail, but yeah. R- real, real quick, fellas, go look at podcast planning. I, I sent you the 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 leopard camo. Oh, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, you take I wanna, that. You take that to a moral show. So they're bad. not gonna like it. <laughs> I want to do that so bad. It looks so good. Like I just it. Oh it, yeah. Uh, yeah. You would uh, get so many complaints. Oh god, I would. If I did that, I would bring those screenshots with me. Like <laughs> they'll still tell you you're wrong. They they would never do that. Yeah, well. <laughs> I like it. Look at podcast planning. Let's see. Here. Oh my Let's god. <laughs> uh, oh yes. Oh my god. That oh, I love awesome. it. That is spectacular. I oh, uh, I what? love the barrel wrapping. That I'm gonna have to do that. That is. What did they use as a stencil? I gotta know. I know, right? Because that is a very definite pattern within it. Like you can see the the break in the line and stuff. Oh, that is awesome. I love that. <laughs> uh, all right what's next 
Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, model collect, which you is, can just skip. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing. <laughs> no, I'm not promoting that. I'm not promoting that. I'm not using this podcast as a method of promoting that stuff. Okay. You want to go be aware of who go to with some other podcast? This is what we're here for. The little fucking. Yes, sir. Lead. Yes, sir. Okay, so this is from I Love Kid as well. They are bringing out an M3 Grant, not a Lee. It is a Grant. And an M1014 with an M747 semi trailer. That is in 35th scale as well. That will be massive. And I want it. Yes. But for the uh, for both of them, they will have two decal sheets for them. Uh, the Grant will have just a standard uh, desert camo. And then also, you know the camo you see of the Grant in um, Bovington? It's got the um, desert scheme, with the, but it's been outlined with black and white. Uh, that's the other scheme that's going to be coming with it. So it's a cool-looking cool. tank. Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, mind one. I, I really want to build... A Lee or a Grant, but they are stupid expensive for some reason. Like, because because what are the main ones you've got? You got Mini Art, which are overly complex and cost about one hundred and thirty dollars. Or you got the Tamiya one, which still retails at about eighty to ninety dollars over here. Mm-hmm. You got Academy, which is um, eh, I don't know. It's okay, I guess. Yeah, but it still it still has a very very high price point. So, yeah, that's downside to Lees. They're a bit um, pricey for some reason, and Grants. But yeah, also side note: weird looking plastic. Those are built up um, models, and the that is a weird. I don't know. It's got a weird sort of look to it it almost looks like resin yeah i see what you're saying with that yeah it's got it it's got a definite sort of resiny look to it more more wearaboo stuff all i'm going to say is we got two 88 millimeter flak 41s one that is on a standalone and trailer with figures and another that is part of the schwer zugkraft wagon 18 ton look i'm just gonna say this you you can never say that a fucking arty piece like that sitting on a roadway does not look cool. I don't care who made it. It could be fucking fucking North Korea makes their own. That shit looks just fucking like, uh, cause that, that's it. And it's transport, um, stage as well. They said, Hey, hold up real quick. It's like, hang on. We see something. Just gives a minute. Put the brakes on. <laughs> Anyway, I can hear Dennis huffing and puffing, so we'll go on to the next um, the next one. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I can hear his blood pressure through uh, the microphone. <laughs> you boys are going to be the death of me yet. Uh, so in 35th from Mini Art, we have a Pack 40 Late, which is a German 75mm anti-tank gun with an elite artillery regimental crew oh, figures with it. They say, "Yeah, Bros is mad." Yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, cool. Bucks I can't be elite. <laughs> okay, next, we're gonna. I can hear Dennis like 
about to pass out from hyperventilating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll build loser planes. I like I like winning actually. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. We have uh, up next. We have a WingTech two with a one forty eight BF one hundred nine E four, um, which build wise, I'm not saying subject, Dennis. Not saying subject. Build wise, though, looks pretty good. Uh, I think you were, you and someone else were talking about this on the server. Yeah, the guy who hates me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, you, you're saying something something was slide molded that hasn't been done before. One piece fusel. Oh yes, the fuselage is slide molded. Yeah, that, that's an interesting take. I mean, I, I I think that's a good idea. It just sucks that they made this such a crappy plane. You would have preferred if it was a Spitfire, right? I'd prefer it if it was a CF one hundred five, but we can't always have what we want in life, can we? <laughs> okay, we'll go I mean, to the I next one. Uh, all right, this is tolerable. Okay, so we got we have two ships uh, coming from t- Trumpeter. We in seven hundred. We have an HMS York and a USS Iowa. Uh, don't know what Trumpeter ships are like, but I think they're okay. Yeah, yeah, I think they're alright. I mean, I've built IGB and uh, IBG and Tamiya waterline kits, but I don't know what Trumpeter is like. Well, they I don't actually see a lot of trumpeter 700s around new zealand they're mainly hobby boss ones which i'd rather not the same are they yeah they're the same exact kit who rips off who then two ships trumpeter skip on Alrighty, time for our webs (laughs) uh this is what i've been working on still working on my 1272 scale rcn banshee from academy and uh yeah i'm at the appreciating stage right now with it is this the one that you bought just because it had four Canadian markings? Yes, yes. I, I, I was awestruck. I did, like I've seen that kit around. I didn't realize it had that many Canadian. It had more Canadian markings than it had anything else. Yep. Yeah, that's why I bought it. <laughs> is that is that why is that why Don had a very had a happy accident when he saw that? He did. Yes, and I was I I, I got caught in it. I, I couldn't escape. <laughs> What's this white stuff? Is it snow? Oh, it's not. No, oh, no. wait a second. Oh, fuck. It's like, wait, why, why, why am I sticking to the road? We've run out of milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, that looks cool. That looks really cool. Ooh. All right. Uh, for my whips, I finally finished my HMS Rodney. Uh, put, a, put it on a base, added some water to it, used uh, AK Steel Water and uh paper towels and stuff to create a bell wave and yeah now i just need to um convert my photo booth my light box to actually take a f- proper photos of it because it's too big i don't i'm not sure how to take decent photos of a ship so yeah but it's all finished it's on the shelf yeah i quite i think it turned out pretty well Right, so just before we get to uh, Garrison's whips, uh, unfortunately, Dennis has uh, just dropped out due to some difficulties, uh, technical ones, that is. Of course, he is in Canada, and their internet kind of sucks. So, yeah, he's uh, dropped out, but it's just going to be me and Garrison to close this out with Garrison's whips. So let's see what you've done. 
All right, so I've been working on the vehicles and the figures for my uh, Ukraine war diorama from the counteroffensive from 2023, and I figured I'd show you guys some of the figures. So this guy, right, you see in front of you, he is the uh, the first actual like infantryman I've got that I've painted up. Uh, I'm not done with him yet, obviously, getting close, but. Uh, yeah, very, very exciting. I had a blast doing the multicam, painting up all the different uh, different things on his kit. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting him done. So if you'll jump to the next slide for me, Callum. He's looking, um, he's looking really cool. I do like the uh, the bum cover thingy. What do they call them? Uh, butt pads. That's yeah. literally just butt pads. Yeah. I, I wonder how many other countries now are watching them use them going, that's not a bad idea. Dude, I'm not lying to you, bro. We had one of our guys recommend those in our company, and there was a petition to get it to where we could buy our own if we wanted, but our battalion commander never let us. But they're just like such a good idea. Like, they are. They're lightweight. That's the one good idea that the the Russians had. Yeah. Like, like, it's I'm fucking even, awesome. Yeah, I'm like sitting going, that would be really good just for my work, you know, working outside, because, yeah. Why didn't else, why didn't anyone else think of that? But nah, he, he's looking really good, especially from a distance. That multicam just works so well. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, next, we've got the, uh, the the next three figures will be all crewmen for the Humvee. You got the driver there on the left, and then the passenger on the right. These guys, I wanted to make them look convincing enough when they're if you're looking at them from outside the vehicle because that's you know that's how they'll they'll be inside the vehicle uh they look convincing enough but i'm not 100 percent set on all the fine details and shit um still great practice very happy with how they turned out uh with the exception of the driver and his beard i probably should have gone with my pva flock mixture and made an actual beard instead of painting one on but oh well you really won't see it anyways but got uh, the yeah. uh got the dj Khaled looking right now yep <laughs> <laughs> very very dark beard <laughs> that's kind of a good thing about um chucking uh figures in vehicles is you don't have to go overboard on them because they're going to be stuck behind glass and you just got to give like the sort of illusion that yeah they're, they're what they are Yep, and that's another great thing about them too is like, because <clears throat> for me painting multicam, I've never painted it before these guys, so it was great getting to practice it on like, for example, like the legs and shit where you won't see it. So if I fucked them up, it, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the next one is uh, the 50 cal gunner on top of the Humvee. So you can kind of see him there. And the whole idea with this is that he's engaging targets inside of a trench with his 50 cal. Uh, he has some blood coming down from his head. He, you know, he wiped his forearm on his head. Uh, you know, he got hit in the helmet. His helmet will be inside the Humvee. Uh, like it got dinged off and he's just engaging. And then there on the right, you can kind of see I made some kind of poorly spent 50 cal shelves. I made them a little bit too long, but you know, it is what it is. It, it it's such a small detail that people probably won't even notice once the actual 
dioramas complete, it's how large it's going to be. That's looking uh, pretty damn good. I'm always uh, I'm always impressed just how big those uh, turrets are on the Humvees. They don't like there's oh, a lot of room huge. on the roof. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do they actually how do you actually turn them around? Is it like a hand crank or are they powered? So depending on the model, you have you will always have a hand crank as backup. But yeah, some of a lot of them nowadays have a little joystick you can uh, turn and it goes left or right. But uh, this kit specifically, it only has a hand crank, uh, so I don't know if uh, you really can't see it because it's underneath. But uh, yeah, it's just hand crank. Kind of if you can kind of imagine like an old like Sherman tank, how they had the hand crank and then eventually got the hydraulic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of like that. That's gotta make that's gotta make the Humvees top heavy as fuck, doesn't it? Uh, or is no, it just like, is there I enough mean, weight underneath it that it's kind of just even? Yeah, out? they're because they're pretty hefty vehicles. Uh, so the top turret really doesn't do all. I mean, it adds weight, obviously, but not what you would think. Like if if this oh, yeah. was like a fucking, oh, what's a what's a good vehicle to think of? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I know they they have low enough weight that it doesn't really mess with it, and they're really wide as well. So you got a wild wide wheelbase that stops it. Oh and fuck yeah! Except for um, you know the ones that do look bad, that look bad for that is the uh, is it the Afghan ones or you know the ones where they put a single um, twenty three auto cannon on it. Have you seen those ones? Mm, oh yes, yes I have seen those. Yeah, yeah you you see those and that's like oh you turn too sharply that whole thing's going eh? Like those <laughs> those look ungainly, but they they love those. 23 millimeter auto cannons on Humvees. You know, I honestly don't blame them. Uh, it would take a a very it would take a lot of power for those things to flip, even with uh, on being on flat terrain, obviously. But like, mm. uh, even with a big turret like that. However, if you're going on mountain passes and shit like that, and you're going a little too fast. That extra weight can, uh, I don't care what you're in, that extra weight's going to throw you around a little bit. And I would not want to risk it on like a fucking mountain pass. Yeah. Also, it just they, it just presents a much bigger target to shoot at as well. Those things oh, are massive. Yeah. Now, that's looking pretty awesome. I can't wait. You, you've been talking about this diorama a lot and how many figures, but it'd be interesting to see just when it actually starts coming together as on the base, you know. Have you started the base yet? Uh, so I've got the the actual base part in. Like I'm staring at it right now. It's three and a half foot by two foot wooden, spectacular piece that this guy made for me. Uh, he's currently in the process of moving right now, so uh, I can't get the top piece made. So I'm waiting for that to actually start the base. Because uh, I'm gonna have to take this to his house. Where we're gonna. Uh, we're going to use the the base he made as a guide to making the top part, which will be a wooden frame with plexiglass on all sides. So it's like a top cover to protect from dust and shit like that. So once I get that built, which will likely be sometime in January or February, then I will start making the actual terrain. Uh, but for now, it's just finishing up the BMP2, the Humvee, and then working on the figures because I've got a total of like, fuck, like 
fucking 40 to do. Uh, which is a lot, so <laughs> I'm going to be pretty busy. <laughs> Just a little bit, eh? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. The, the, it's so, like... Because I was very intimidated to work on the figures, especially the multicam, because of how intricate the, the, the fucking camo is. But doing these four that I've just, you know, I've been working on, it, multicam's not that bad. And I know it's not like if you're looking at, if, if you're watching, not just listening, but if you're watching and you see the guy on, on screen, like it's not the best multicam. Like I've seen some better. But for doing that, I did that within like an hour, no, like two, two and a half hours. And that, that includes drying time. That's pretty good for that short amount of time, I think. And it's convincing enough once it's weathered and all that shit. So I can, I'll definitely be able to get through it and painting the multicams, you know, nice and relaxing. It's not as nearly as daunting as I thought it would be, which gives me more uh helps me look forward to painting different types of camouflage patterns for like the russians and others for the ukrainians uh like i'm going to try to do some ukrainian digital camo as well which that's going to be interesting i'll probably do sponge chipping for that the sponge but it's like sponge chipping but making a camo pattern out of it so we'll see oh yeah yeah so when are you going to start tackling flicktan <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that because I'm actually staring at the so you know the guy with the AT4 on his shoulder. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, his pants are gonna be flecked on. I've got the base color on them right now. So. Oh, cool. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to try flecked on. I probably won't do too much of it. I'll do like pants or a shirt here and there, but it's mainly gonna be multicam for the Ukrainians, and then I'm not exactly sure. What I'm going to do for the Russians, I want to do some of their their modern EMR camo, and then uh, some of the old like Soviet era shit that they still use. So, <laughs> like Maxim machine guns and those uh, the steel helmets. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Although to be honest, those World War II steel helmets are probably better than the ones they've got now. <laughs> Yeah, depending on uh, which unit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, have you, have you seen those videos of like one guy literally smashing one with his hand? Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yes, I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. No. Bugger that. Yeah. Fuck that. Imagine going to combat with not good gear. No thanks. The guy guy next to you gets a ricochet off his helmet and it just shatters like porcelain. <laughs> You'd just be like, what the fuck? It's like, wait a second. <laughs> this the uh, this steel this plate carrier feels really light. What's in here? Cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Go get shot and find out. Yeah, it's like, wait, why does it say airsoft on the inside? <laughs> <laughs> that would fucking suck. Actually, uh, I mean, I joke about that. There's a very, very good chance a, a few soldiers are rush are running around with airsoft gear that, and they and probably don't even know about it. I mean, I'll be honest, dude. Some of that airsoft shit can be better than what you what you actually get. Like airsoft mag pouches versus the stand. Like when I bought mag pouches for my plate carrier while I was in the Marine Corps, I bought airsoft mag pouches, and dude, they were one hundred percent better than the standard issue shit. Really? Now that's a mag pouch. Oh, hundred percent, dude. That shit was like, like don't get me wrong. Like the old school Marine Corps velcro molly mag pouches they they do the job 
but they're bulky. They're, they just look bad in my opinion. So when I bought the ones that it's single stack with a, uh, a fucking band that goes over the top of the mag to help keep it in. Oh yeah. And I, I put that on my plate carrier on the front of it because like when you go into the prone using the ones the Marine Corps gives you, you like, it's very uncomfortable and you sit up all awkward. And when I bought the airsoft ones, I was able to lay more comfortably in the prone and I could put extra mag pouches on my belt instead of having all that shit on my, on my chest. So there are some instances where airsoft gear or aftermarket gear is better than what they give you. Huh? All right. guess I learned something. Yeah. So did our battalion commander. And then he made us all put our fucking shit back when we got a new battalion commander. And then they're like, no, 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 no. We're going back to standard. That's ex- literally there was because it used to be shooter preference. And then he was like, nope, there's a left handed shooter and a right handed shooter. Everyone looks the same. It's like, bro, you're a fucking prick. I think that's why the Ukraine forces are doing so well. They're just like pick and choose whatever they've got. Pretty much, man. When I mean, because we had such a good like we would go on like live fire events and shit and we did well like the entire unit did well and they because everyone had they trained with how what they had how they had it and shit for like two or three years and then you get this new fucking asshole coming on and he literally makes you switch back to basically infantry school layout which is like all your mag pouches on the front and then you know is stupid and everyone that immediately the performance dropped and it was he was like why have we dropped perform out 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 it's like bro you just it's like because we're not before because we're not using the stuff we want to use yeah it's like some dudes like belligerently performed worse but a lot of guys just like and i say worse times weren't as fast like we'd go to like a a, a range where you do like mag drills and shit and you do like two to the chest, one of the pelvis crap, and then have to like reload or whatever. Dudes were taking like half over a time and a half more than it used to take us to fucking put mags in and re-engage a target. It was, it was bad. Like (laughs) (laughs) having to retrain your body to do that shit is like so fucking stupid when you, there's no need to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to group builds. This is our favorite. Uh, yes. So for the foreseeable future, which I don't know, I've made a new slide. I don't know why it's not in here. But for the foreseeable future, the Horizon Island Defense Force group build is ongoing. Just always. So every so often we'll throw some more builds out there that people do uh, just to show off. It's kind of our, our niche, if you would. Uh, but yeah, come build some HIDF shit. And then uh, the current North Africa campaign group build that's going on, uh, come join us. We have a spectacular prize. Only one man will win, or a woman. So uh, come join, have fun, see all the really cool builds that are going on. We'd love to have you. Uh, contact us on any of the socials you see down there, and uh, hope to see you. Yeah, because we've got some really, really good builds going on. You got Don's uh, Valentine tank. You got uh, Christian Sherman. <laughs> I think he's oh, made a yes. Sherman for every single group build, or Sherman base. Yeah, 
I, I think so too, actually. You've also got uh, that Polish guy. He's making that diorama. The guy who won last. I can't remember his name. Mikhail. the last. Mikhail, yes. He's making that really awesome diorama. Like, oh, God. That's right. It's got the um, the Panzer IV that's cut up in the corner. What's the main vehicle he's working on? It's um, it's Italian, I think. Um, oh, totally forgotten what it was. You know what's funny, though? It isn't. It is Italian, though. I know that because he was really excited when we dropped the Italian um, tanks episode. He anyway. uh, that Panzer IV he's got in that diorama. That's the one he won from the last group build. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he was texting me. He was so excited. He's like, "Oh, I'm so happy y'all are doing the North Africa campaign because now I can use my Panzer IV." <laughs> I was like, awesome, dude. <laughs> Glad you're happy. <laughs> But yeah, come join us. Lots of fun. Good shit. Are you, actually, real quick, are you going to do anything for that, Callum? Yeah, yeah, I got the uh, the MS-406 with the um, CMP and the figures. Uh, just, I don't have the correct colors uh, for doing the 406 at the moment, and I can't, like, the main, main color that I don't have is, like, a sort of bluish gray. I've, all my other colors are, like, way too grayish or Something like that. So I can't. There's a lot of uh, bluish gray in a lot of the uh, things I'm putting in the diorama. So I needed to go and get those. Mm. Um, but I need to build something. So I've just been working on. I'm about to start something soon, which is like you. Know, you ever go like you sit there going, I've got plans for a build, and then you just get that one inkling of so I, so I want to build this, this, and this, but I really want to build this right now. And it's like something completely outside of what you're planning on, but you're just like, I really want to do this one for some reason. Yep. Yeah. So mine is the uh, the Newport 17 30 second scale aircraft uh, biplane. Another 30 second scale aircraft biplane at that. My yeah. Same. It's the same same one as the uh, the Camel that I did. So it's the uh, really El Cheapo Academy 30 second scale. It was like. $25. Nice. Yeah. Those Academy kits are actually pretty decent. That's why I like to... That's why I I'm, I'm, can't wait to build it. Yeah. They're just really good. That's good. All right. And of course, Micro Machines Podcast is sponsored by Scale Colors and Scale Colors 3D. If you are looking for some very good acrylic airbrushable paint and airbrush ready paint, Log on to scalecolors.com. You can find him on Facebook or through his website, especially if you're doing uh, naval subjects. He has a great range for uh, naval subjects, but also just anything and everything in general. He does some meticulous um, fact-finding on paint colors and all of that. And if he, if you're looking for a paint color, uh, ask him. Send him a message. He'll probably have it. If not, he might be able to work something out for you, help you source it, whatever. And if you are looking for some very good 3D printed tracks, well, he has his SC3D division. And that is all sorts of things. You've got Panzer IVs, uh, Panthers, Tigers, KV-1, Shermans, T-55s, all sorts of amazing resin 3D printed tracks. They're all workable. They're um, very, very easy to put together. If you need any uh, recommendations about that, I would send an email to Martin Drayton because he buys them all the time. And he absolutely loves them, and they just come out amazingly. 
yeah so if you are looking for some 3d printed tracks because uh, you know you bought a bought a tamiya kit and it's only got rubber bands and you don't want rubber bands uh check out se3d and scale colors he could uh do with the support you know buy as much as you can from him he is cheap and yeah big shout out to jeff for uh sponsoring our podcast Woo, jeff and once you've finished uh, listening to us you should go and uh find out uh, about all the other podcasts if you don't uh, listen to any other modeling podcast of course so this slide is uh, outlining all of them we have scale model podcast what are the one of the OG ones on the bench, which is the um, original uh, scale modeling podcast. I think they're up to their seventh year running. Holy shit. Yeah. I think they're a hundred and I want to say 180 episodes, maybe more. That's insane. And they're bi-weekly. Then you have um, the AM show. I th- oh. Yeah. AM show. They're new um, models from Ukraine, which is, uh, Chris Meddings talking with uh, like ICM and IBG and all of those. Uh, Built Sideways, Just Making Conversation, Model Geeks, Sprue Cutters Union, Plastic Model Mojo, they're good to listen to, Model Insanity and Podcast, Small Subjects, Plastic Posse Podcast, and Model by Carp Odin. Uh, that one is, that one's a, I want to say they're Swedish. That's a Swedish modeling uh, podcast. Is it Swedish or Danish? One of those. Uh, I'm not sure. I think yeah, it's somewhere from up there. I don't <laughs> think they speak. I don't think they speak English. But you know, if you can speak Swedish or Danish or whatever they are, you should go and uh, check them out. Or if you are really, really, really tech savvy, you could probably run their podcast uh, audio through an AI and have it auto translate into English for you, if you are so inclined. But However, I would uh, encourage everyone to go and check these out once you have finished listening to us. Uh, me personally, I listen to On the Bench, Plastic Model Mojo, uh, Just Making Conversation, and Model Geeks the most. But I have uh, listened to the others here and there when I've, uh, you know, they're all good. They're all good. They're good. They're all good to listen to. So, yeah, go check out all the other podcasts once you have listened to us. And of course, none of this can be. Uh, done without the uh, support from our patreons they uh support us through patreon where you get uh, all sorts of different content um the, all the stuff we're not allowed to say on the podcast during an episode and uh, yeah we say some bad things during an episode so imagine what all of that stuff is it's also you yeah, know you're welcome yep it's also you know just <laughs> stuff that's like you know during an intermission we usually uh let the uh run their recording run just because we're too lazy to pause it and there's usually a bit of banter there and there uh, during there so we chuck all of that kind of stuff um we are looking into throwing up stl files of stuff that we make so yeah you get all sorts of goodies and it's only what three bucks a month something like that it's dirt cheap so yeah go and go check out our patreon uh but a big thanks to Paul Gallagher, Lord Floki, and Robert Justin for being Pinju supporters and Pinju follower Robert Brisbane. So thank yeah. you, gents. Every every week we give them a big shout out because they help keep the lights on with the running costs and everything like that. So that's why we add on those little tidbits, those little extras, just as a big thank you to them and to you that decide to join our Patreon. Right. 
Well, I guess, uh, well, Dennis isn't here because of Canadian uh, internet, so I guess we better close the episode out, hadn't we? Yeah, I think so. It's a pretty good one. All right. Well, if you are still uh, here listening and watching, we would like to say thank you for listening to the Micro Machines podcast, and we'll see you next week. Uh, let's see. It's near the end of 2023, mid-December, so next episode will be a 2023 recap. Uh, recapping the year that we're of modeling so far so that's going to be a good episode those are, are fun and also that will mark we are three months from our two-year anniversary as well wow that's great so, yeah yeah but until then is bye for now deuces